0: This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya.
1: Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen anyone do that since like the second grade. What? Cross their eyes like that? <laughs> yeah, like cross your eyes and like make one of those fishy faces. That's <laughs> fucked up. I didn't make a fishy face. Oh, I guess I just I was just smiling. This is really awkward. You're projecting onto me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> hi monica hello jessica how are you uh i'm alive alive and sleep deprived yeah alive and sleep deprived so i we'll put that on a I'm t-shirt i'm right there with you yeah uh for those of you who don't know jessica got a new cat yeah i was gonna save that for the end of the podcast but i guess you
0: fucking <laughs> pulled it out from under me <laughs> i'm so sorry
1: <laughs> i'm not
0: really sorry she's not sorry We can talk about her more later, but yeah, I haven't been sleeping because I
1: have a new kitten and uh, they love to be awake at night. That they do. (laughs) I don't, I don't fucking know anything else about cats other than the fact that they're always fucking awake and like doing shit with you. Well, they're not. That's the
0: point. They sleep a lot, but she's young and so she sleeps a lot during the day and then you would think she also sleeps at night, but then uh, right around like five, six a.m. She decides to uh, do wind
1: sprints. Wind sprints? The what room? the fuck is a wind sprint?
0: You know, really fast run,
1: <laughs> <laughs> real fast. So, sprint like the wind. The anti-jog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Correct.
1: Uh, this is a two. This is part two. This is part two. For those of you tuning in, um, of uh, the Sandman, mm-hmm. the Sandman app. So Sandler. Uh, a little bit about why we decided to split it into two. Yeah. Was a. Uh, the man has fucking range <laughs> that he does. He has range. He yeah. can honestly do anything in my eyes and in Jessica's mm-hmm. eyes, but specifically why we wanted to split it into two parts was because he has a lot of, he's mostly known for his comedic roles and his comedic films that he's done through his production company. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, no one really discusses the depth that he brings to more serious roles. Uh, especially in 2019 which is it feels like 50 years ago but it was last year uh, with uncooked gems yeah i think most of the population just associate him
0: with like oh he's the funny man from 51st dates but he has so much range and has done so many good really dramatic roles and there are some that we haven't we can't talk about because you know we had to pick three
1: intro us
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um you guys already know about adam sandler about where he came from his upbringing his daddiness obviously because we went over that in part one which you should have listened
1: to yeah if you uh have not listened to part one yet go do that before you listen to this one (laughs) i mean honestly do whatever the fuck you want sure but if you want to like follow the rules then like one before two this podcast has rules and when you downloaded it you signed a contract. I know you, sign- <laughs> you signed a contract with us. It's law abiding, mm-hmm. it's binding. If terms and conditions did not pop up when you clicked download, it's you
0: know, it's, it's not, not our my, fault, it's not my problem. <laughs> but, but you, you should have looked you at them, did agree to them. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, go back and watch part one, uh, before you listen to part two. You mean listen? Sorry listen i would love for them to be able to watch us we should
0: film it like they do with joe rogan oh i love joe because then they could see
1: our insane setup today (sighs) yeah guys i don't know i mean obviously you can't fucking tell but like you can see this you know what (laughs) it is what it is essentially we're stuck in like our office at home and it's like kind of you know those like unfinished basements that like every kid had in I, like every movie ever. I mean, there are no basements in California. I said in every movie ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the Midwest, like unfinished sure, like basement. Like Homelon. Yeah, like in Homelon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Homelon of McLecklawkin. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, anyway, it's an it's like an unfinished office essentially. And Jessica's sitting in the biggest armchair in the world. And I'm sitting on my fucking dining room table that has no back support. You mean chair? I'm sitting on my (laughs) dining room chair that has no back support. Yeah, to clarify,
0: we did not drag the dining room table into this room so Monica could perch upon it like a tiny bird.
1: No, but what we do have are like rickety side tables, essentially, with like all of our podcast equipment on it. Yeah. My laptop is on like a laundry cart. It is what it is. <laughs> we're, we're doing our best. So for those of you out there that are like, how do I start a podcast? You can really do it anywhere at any time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. If
1: uh, we didn't have someone doing the audio for us. I don't think we would have a podcast. I think we would have a podcast. It would just sound like shit. Like yeah. we would sound like. And if oh, we, oh if we encountered God. problems like we did today, we would just be like, okay, we're not recording. I today. guess like it's just not happening.
0: If we're just not doing it this week, the people will have to wait.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. So Anyway. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about three of Adam Sandler's more serious films. Um, the first one we're going to start with. Is the one that gave him his big dramatic break? I guess you could say. I would say so. It's the one that Roger Ebert reviewed and said it's the first time he ever saw Adam Sandler having like, acting potential, acting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, it's an
1: iconic. Uh, it's an iconic like film critique piece. If yeah. you guys want to go check it out on his website, R.I.P. Yeah, uh, it's it's go read it. Just go
0: read it. <laughs> the first movie we're going to talk about is Punch Drunk Love which came out in 2002, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson himself.
1: Uh, Truly. And if you guys remember the, if you had like the VHS of this film, if you guys owned the VHS of this film, you will recognize the cover immediately in your mind. Yeah. But it is like the very classic shot of like them standing in the center of like a hallway and they're yeah. like looking at each other
0: and he like he picked her up and so she's like in the air
1: yep and it is punch drunk love
0: punchy drunky love i'm gonna give you a quick sum some of the film okay so barry egan played by adam sandler a psychologically troubled novelty supplier is nudged towards a romance with an English woman, Emily Watson, all the while being hounded by his seven sisters, extorted by a phone sex line run by a crooked mattress salesman, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and purchasing enough pudding to win one million airline
1: miles. Truly. This movie is about a lot of things. It's about so much. And I think that um, of the two of us, it is more Jessica's movie. My movie is coming up. <laughs> but uh, my movie is coming immediately after this. But um, I honestly like yes this is about adam Adam sandler but i also love philip seymour hoffman's performance in this film he's so seedy and greedy and just so good like his role is so small so tiny and most of his lines are just fuck you i know and i just love him and like honestly rest in peace Uh, yeah like one of the biggest rips we can put out there one of the fattest rips truly
0: oh god what what a loss someone who can make that much of a role this
1: small Oh, I know. Wow, can't but wait yeah. for the Philip Seymour Hoffman episode. It'll be rough. I know but it'll be so rough. There'll be, be so many tears, so many I know. tissue boxes. But anyway, I just wanted to start off by saying, yeah, love Philip Se- Philip Seymour Hoffman in this role, just because he he breathes so much life into such a small little baby role, and he is severely missed.
0: Yeah, truly. So back to Adam in this film. Um, I really like this movie. I will say I liked it more this second time that I watched it, I watched it for the first time at some point during quarantine. Um, And I had heard the title, but had literally no idea what it was about. And it's like, a, it's a weird fucking movie. There's so much in it that is just, I mean, obviously it's not random. It's all very intentional, but feels very random in the movie. I think that's the point. And though. also doesn't ever get any explanation, which is 100% the point. Yes. Like, to give you context, if you haven't seen this movie, you open, it's like this really wide shot of a blue room with Adam Sandler in a blue suit sitting at a desk on the phone with <laughs> with Healthy Choice. Is that the name of the company? I think so, yeah. Healthy choice because he um, wants to like clarify the terms of a promotion that they're running where if you buy like a certain number of healthy choice products Mm -hmm. you get
1: you get the you
0: get airline airline miles, miles and then if you like buy another certain amount you double them. Mm hmm so he like just wants to clarify because he wants to cash in all
1: these <laughs> miles,
0: and then he hangs up the phone and like gets up and walks out of this it's kind of like a like a warehouse space or like an auto body kind yeah, of space i would say so um and he walks out and then walks down the alley to the street and all of a sudden a car just like zooms out of nowhere flips over and like skids across the road and then another car pulls up they put a harmonium on the sidewalk or like mm-hmm. a small piano. I think it's a harmonium. Yeah. And then just drive away. And you're like, cool.
1: <laughs> you're like, seek.
0: So <laughs> this is what this movie is.
1: Yeah. I think <laughs> it's like, I would call it organized chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Which it's I think very is intentional. kind of what Barry Egan's whole... Mm-hmm life is except well actually aesthetic
0: maybe not so fucking organized because sometimes well i think we're led to believe that he has like a relatively successful business successful in the sense that he can like live his life true he's not like reliant upon anyone else he has his own apartment etc um but Like the first, I think, 15 minutes of the movie are just like really punctuated by all of those calls that he gets from his sisters. Truly. Every one of his, he has seven sisters and they keep calling him over and over again. And they're just like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm at work.
1: Well, are you coming tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Which if you have siblings, it is almost like turned up to the max Mm -hmm. how siblings behave. Yeah. So in a way, like a lot of this film is like, volume turned up of normal everyday life yeah Uh, and i think that's a really good example of that in when his sisters start calling him over and over and over again to confirm Mm -hmm. one thing (laughs) yeah uh which i i appreciate about this movie just the fact that it takes everyday life and it turns the volume up like 10 notches it's almost like we're inside of his brain
0: yeah absolutely and i think when i watched this movie like i've always known that adam sandler could do more um, I saw Uncut Gems before I saw this movie. I saw Spanglish before I saw this movie. I saw Funny People before, before I saw this movie. But I can only imagine being uh, an Adam Sandler fan in 2002 and seeing this movie come out and, like, seeing it for the first time.
1: Right. <laughs> just, just being like, what? What the fuck? This is a pivot <laughs> if I've ever seen one. I can imagine, like, be, you know, someone in 2002 – seeing this movie being like oh adam sandler's in it this is gonna be a fucking romp yeah and then leaving the movie theater completely just distraught at the fact that it's it was definitely not a romp yeah
0: especially if you've never seen a paul thomas anderson movie before that's true i mean that's not to say that all of his movies are the same it's just like he has it's a specific style
1: yeah i would say a very
0: specific style and like I would say that this movie feels reminiscent to like Magnolia, if you've ever seen that yes, movie. Yes, definitely. Um, not in like literally what's happening, but just kind of like an overall vibe. The and feel like, uh Where these really absurd things start happening and you just kind of have to buy into them and go along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you want to watch Punch Drunk Love, just I think suspend all, all disbelief,
1: all disbelief Truly. entirely. Um, just go with it. And I think that once you understand that a lot of it is sort of being put in his shoes Mm -hmm. and that's how you know you're able to see the world through his eyes I think that you'll have a lot more empathy for the character of the film when you start understanding a lot of what's happening around him is happening within him
0: yeah and I do think that if you uh, that like small pieces of uh, I don't want to call it old Adam Sandler because that's not what I'm referring to, but (laughs) (laughs) like the Adam Sandler of comedies, like that kind of Adam Sandler peaks in at certain moments, Mm -hmm. I think. I. Yeah. Like when when he goes (laughs) off on his sister on the
1: phone and just starts fucking screaming (laughs) at her. You know, like the classic Adam Sandler, like,
0: (laughs) oh, so I I can't do this right now. I think the part of the movie where it really picks up for me in terms of his acting is when he flies to Hawaii. Mm, Yes. So a really great part of this movie is one of his like employees, I guess, at his work is uh, Luis Guzman. Um, who is also in Boogie and I, so he's a truly PTA fan. Um, But yeah, so he gets him to go with him to the grocery store to start buying as much pudding as he can, as much healthy choice pudding so that they can uh. get maximum airline miles because he wants to fly immediately, same day, to Hawaii <laughs> to see this girl that he's been out with one time. Uh, just,
1: oh my God. It made me think of, you know, uh there's a new movie that came out very recently Mm -hmm. on netflix i think starring an adam sandler like groupie Mm. like one of one of the one of his friends like one of the men do you know which one one of them like one of the (laughs) grown-ups one like one of the guys from grown-ups yes is it Bowl yeah. cut. No. Yes. Bull cut. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know who you're talking about. Not Rob Schneider. Not Rob Schneider. Not Chris Rock. Not <laughs> not-, <laughs> not Kevin. David Spade? Yes. Starring David Spade <laughs> and someone else and the whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> By process okay. of elimination, we got it. I don't think David
0: Spade has a bowl cut. He just has longer hair. Yeah. But um anyway,
1: the uh what was he gonna say? Well, I think his character in Benchwarmers has a bowl cut. I've never seen Benchwarmers, so I'm sorry. It's called The Wrong Missy. The movie on Netflix is called The Wrong Missy. Oh uh, wait, is that the one with um Lauren Lapkiss? Yeah, and they like hop on the plane to find this this one chick in Hawaii mm-hmm. named Missy uh-huh. that he met one time. I see. <laughs> so, <laughs> I see. So these things feel very similar to you. Indeed. <laughs> but in the sense of like this movie did it very well and the wrong Missy is a piece of <laughs> trash. This, this is a Paul Thomas Anderson film. And, and <laughs> the wrong Missy has... Is a Netflix movie. Just it. <laughs> it's just not it.
0: It's just not
1: it. But anyway, the whole thing is to say is if... If you're sitting on your living room couch and you're looking at Netflix and you see the wrong Missy and you think that the premise looks good, don't watch it. No, watch Punch Drunk Love And Run- watch Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, because when he gets to Hawaii,
0: um, and I think that's the point, the whole point I was trying to make is that once he yes. actually gets to Hawaii, he, like... It happens upon this parade and decides to use the the payphone and I think like when they filmed it they just saw that parade happening and then they're like oh great let's use this yeah I think so yeah and um he gets on the phone and with his sister trying to get the phone number of I think her name is Lena is that her name yes um of the girl that he wants to see And it's like absolute fucking chaos because this parade is so loud. And Adam Sandler just has to keep screaming into the phone to talk to his sister. And his sister's like, why are you being weird? Where are you? Why are you screaming? What's going on? And he fucking goes off. And he's just like, I'm tired of you fucking pushing me around. I'm tired
1: of this shit. I'll
0: fucking kill you. I'm tired of this shit. He's literally screaming, I'll fucking kill you to his sister if she doesn't give him a phone number. And you're just like, oh, okay. here's the little bit. Of the Adam that we know, but seeing it in a way where it really lends itself to a dramatic performance and also to the depth of Barry Egan. Because at first, I think you, I think a lot of people are just like, oh, he's just like some weird fucking dude. Mm -hmm. But I think he's just kind of like troubled and lonely. No, he has layers. Really just wants to find love. There's a lot going on up there. There's a lot going on in that old Noggin of Barry.
1: Honestly, like, quite frankly, (laughs) this is going to sound very strange. I relate a lot to Barry Egan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Barry egan yeah uh that's me um i really did a lot to him just because you know it it was the first movie that i saw that adam sandler that i honestly really took adam sandler very seriously in Mm -hmm. uh he's had other roles in the past that that have a more serious element to them but they weren't necessarily a serious role Mm -hmm. i think that i think that he plays both like (laughs) bobs and bits of barry (laughs) bobs and bits yep really well and Mm -hmm. i i just i love that about adam in this film and i think that the character of barry is enhanced by adam's performance and i think that within barry's character i see a lot of myself and like in his like In like internalization of a lot of things and then like that makes sense exploding every now and again like when he's at dinner with his sisters (laughs) and just fucking smashes (laughs) all three sliding glass windows yeah that was actually the (laughs) example that was gonna go bad in my mouth (laughs) which is perfect but i just think that i mean i think that's relatable to a lot of people that like tend to keep a lot inside yeah uh and explode Every now and again, like an anger, you know, if this yeah. was anger management, <laughs> uh, buddy would tell me to just, you know, inhale and exhale. <laughs> goose from our baby, goose from.
0: <laughs> um, also, another thing I like about this movie is that there it's it was shot entirely in the San Fernando Valley, which uh uh-huh. Monica and I are both from there. And it like a little, it was like a little bit of valley porn. Which I love. Like the auto body shop he works near is like in Chatsworth. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is also the porn capital of the world. Yeah. Um, I I went uh, to school there. I I also, (laughs) I went to middle school there. So, you know, you know how it be. And then that 99 cent store that they're in front of. Yes. 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 He's literally right across the street from my childhood home. So that was like the bank that they force him to go to, to pull out the cash for the fucking, uh, for Philip Seymour Hoffman. It is like the ATM my mom used to get yeah, to all
1: the time. yeah. <laughs> so uh it's just it was just nice to see a little bit of your home in this film. yeah. um, I think that the quote unquote love story <laughs> of this film, yeah is really interesting. yeah, I, um, I would agree. I've never seen I at thought up until like the point that I had watched the film, mm-hmm. I'd never seen a love story play out that way. yeah, and I've never seen anyone I, I've never seen like the pursuit of love in that way before well because usually it's just like oh
0: one person is crazy and the other person just ends up falling in love with them in spite of it precisely this movie is you figure out she's equally she's as fucking, crazy as he up. is yeah <laughs> and now that they now they found each other One of my most favorite scenes in the whole movie is when they're in Hawaii, they go back to her hotel room and he's laying on top of her and they're like about to have sex. Mm -hmm. And they both start saying the most insane things to each other. And she's like, I love your cheek. Your cheek is so cute. I just want to bite it. I'm going to bite your cheek and eat you. And then he's like, I'm going to smash your face. Your face. I just want to crack your head open. You're so beautiful it's so good because you're watching you're like they're fucking like, insane but they
1: belong together well
0: that and then you're also like i mean i've i can't say i've explicitly had the thought of like oh i think my partner's so hot i want to crack them. Head in. <laughs> but we all have the thoughts of like they're like i'm so in love with you that i just want to like l- strangle you yeah and no, but no one says this shit out loud. Yeah,
1: no one says it out loud. You just think you go Yeah,
0: or like knows exactly how to articulate the mm-hmm. feeling. And these people
1: are They're just going for it.
0: Yeah, Like, no they, filter. It's almost like their unluckiness in love like tunes them into a way to like express it more clearly than anyone else can because
1: they like know what they want as soon as they find it. Um I find it to be very like almost the same as like older people sure that are falling in love they're like i know what i want yeah i i'm i'm gonna meet you at a coffee shop and then the next time i see you i'm gonna like ask you to marry me sort of mm-hmm. ordeal i think that it's the, almost the same way yeah where like if you've been so unlucky and have had such a shit time mm-hmm. finding like your significant other yeah um you immediately just like let sort of like crack yourself open and like let them see sort of all of you because like you're you're done with the bullshit i related a lot to like just older people that are dating yeah. or older people that are trying to find like another life partner mm-hmm. after like having gone through like their whole lives sort of either whether they've like gotten divorced or gotten remarried or, or what have you or not married at all um i find it to be that way just because it's it's almost like the sense of like you're running out of time yeah and you don't have time for the bullshit anymore and i relate that to their relationship and punch drunk punch drunk love relationship whatever the fuck you want to call it in towards the beginning yeah um but i think that it's almost you like rip the filter off of yourself in order to be completely open and honest with someone Mm -hmm. to the point where it's almost too much for like a person who's not used to that So like seeing, seeing them interact in that way was super, I, the first time I watched it was super jarring for me Sure. because I was like, this is fucking insane. Like, why are they doing this? (laughs) I almost didn't understand it until I watched it a few more times and I was like, oh, they're like essentially two puzzle pieces that like want the same thing Mm -hmm. and just fit really well together.
0: Yeah. And they're crazy. man. And they're just fucking crazy. Yeah. So I love it. It's just so good. Yeah. It's a really good movie. It's not like a movie that has a lot of like replay value for me because I think I could watch this movie maybe like once a year.
1: <laughs> if that. It is a pretty exhaust. I will call it. I, I have like my my bucket of like exhausting films that I only watch like maybe once in a blue moon. Yeah. But I still love. So like I there are movies that I can pop on at any hour of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And like watch it, rewatch it, you know, do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like Chef? Like, okay, so like for me, right? So (laughs) we're going to talk about these films. Chef, I can turn on at any time. Knives Out, (laughs) Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, I can turn on at any time. The Sex and the City movie, one, I can turn on at any time. (laughs) Like there are the SpongeBob movie, the first one, I can turn on at any time. This is such a diverse list. (laughs) (laughs) These are films I can turn on at any time and like enjoy myself and like still be attentive or not attentive and like not feel guilty about it um punch drunk love i can watch maybe once or twice a year <laughs> well because it's short it's
0: like it's, yeah i think it's like 95 minutes i think it's a tight like 95 that. yeah yeah uh because paul Thomas sanderson was like committed to the idea of making a movie that was only 90 minutes um and he like joked about casting adam sandler in his next film um and then actually did it so.
1: <laughs> what a um, meme! like if, if you want to like talk about like yeah. an early meme that was one. <laughs> it was like, hey, hey, hey. wouldn't it be so like funny, funny if, if I did this and then, he does it. And, then he, and then he fucking did it. Yeah. And because he, he believed in him and which, then he went for it. <laughs> um,
0: I'm thankful for. But yeah, this movie is exhausting. Just I think just because of the amount of anxiety and it, indu- it induces, honestly, because Barry, he's getting scammed the entire time. By his, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. By this <laughs> phone, phone sex baby. Uh, <laughs> operator. And it's not until he gets the motivation from like falling in love with this woman and protecting her to like, actually like lit actually do something about it to get him off his back yeah um the only thing i will say is that their final like like when they finally meet yeah <laughs> is very anticlimactic
1: uh i love that though yeah I, ge- I guess so because it's, it's really almost, unexpected it's like you're
0: building and building and building you and building and like building. a gunfighter you expect someone to fucking you die. expect
1: a mexican stand-up yeah but instead <laughs>
0: barry egan just shows up philip seymour Hoffman's getting a haircut yeah and he just starts screaming like fuck you No, fuck you.
1: Yeah. No, fuck you. And then they just do this for a while and then he leaves. And that's the end. (laughs) That's the end. And to me, at first when I watched it, I was like, that's stupid. And now I'm like, that is my favorite confrontation ever. Yeah, it's much smarter. It's smarter and also closer to what would actually happen if you have two, not indifferent people, but like people that don't necessarily have a real agenda yeah because he like he did send like his
0: goons after him yeah just to kind of like fuck him up and get some cash but if he was fine with eventually killing him they would have done it sooner precisely so you know that like everything's gonna be fine and Mm -hmm. philip Seymour hoffman just kind of ends up being this angry man with no (laughs) 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 follow-through
1: but that's what i'm saying is there's no agenda right and so i feel like a lot of the times uh it's more of like a scare tactic or like an, an intimidation tactic and that's the truth like when you get scammed or when you get yeah. <laughs> when someone scams you it's more like the fear of it and then you get the money and that's sort of it yeah and i think that having that be the like quote-unquote confrontation at the end mm-hmm. was chef's kiss yeah i liked that a lot
0: and then you know they end up together they have the piano he or the harmonium he learns how to play the piano <laughs> The fucking harmonium is what I'm trying to say, and I keep <laughs> not the saying it. The harmonium. The harmonium. Uh, yeah. I this movie's this movie's great. It's yeah. weird if you like weird movies, um, that are still like very grounded in reality.
1: I think this is a good movie. Yeah, it definitely overwhelmed me, um, in a good way. Sort yeah. of just like seeing all seeing all of the moving parts stop and start a million and a half times throughout the film at very odd times was very overwhelming. All of like, it's almost like, I wouldn't even call it magical realism. I would call it like, just like, zany bullshit Well, I think there I I definitely not magical realism, but like there
0: is a lot of whimsy to this yes. movie. And I think that when you realize that or if you're just kind of like someone who geeks out about like special little touches in movies, mm-hmm. this is a great movie for that. Like when he punches the wall and his knuckles, the cuts on his knuckles spell out love. Yeah. Or like when he is in the middle of the parade and is talking on the phone to Lena, and he's trying to get through to her and the light in the phone booth is off. But when it rings and rings and rings and when she picks up the phone, the light comes on. Yeah. And the music gets louder.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just
0: like, these are such special little, little things, things. Um, that I think really bring it together in a really lovely way.
1: And... I think that Adam Sandler was sort of the cherry on top of a really intricate cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting so hungry. Um, <laughs> but genuinely. So he cake, anyone? Um, <laughs> I think that above all else, though, his performance truly led itself to a beautiful film. And I mean, I know this is supposed to be about Adam, but I think that the camera work in this fucking film is phenomenal. It's It's beautiful. And it's beautifully shot. The colors in this
0: movie. The colors oh. are
1: gorgeous. It's super vivid. Mm. it's just what an what an incredible film for adam sandler to do like his first really big serious role in like what a what a great stage to go from like this super you know loud Mm -hmm. crazy comedic actor to being this super loud crazy serious actor yeah
0: i'm very proud of him when i watch this movie
1: And so good high
0: five to paul thomas anderson for I mean, it's obviously, it wasn't a risk because we all knew that he had the talent, but mm-hmm.
1: at the time, I'm sure it felt like a risk. It was probably an enormous risk. And I think obviously the, the payoff was phenomenal because we're sitting here talking about this fucking movie being the masterpiece that, that it is and Adam being the the cherry on top of the cake. Hell yeah. The delicious cake. Yeah. That you can only eat once or twice a year because it's very overwhelming. <laughs> exactly it's got too much sugar in it it's again. like
0: that really big chocolate cake that they serve at cheesecake factory
1: yeah you know the one that's like yeah, eight layers it's like it's too much <laughs> it's too much or like that costco cake that's like the bundt cake and it has like the chocolate frosting yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. also has vanilla frosting yeah. and also has chocolate chips yeah fuck that cake you can eat it once a year let's get that cake uh (laughs) enough about cake (laughs) moving on to our next film uh for those of you who have never seen it please go watch it shame on you and keep an open mind (laughs) i I think the one thing that i will say is keep an open mind this movie did not do well critically Uh, and i genuinely don't understand why um i don't i guess i'll explain it in a second but i this movie did not do well critically Mm -hmm. and it did fine commercially uh i wouldn't say it was like one of adam sandler's like bigger successes even though it had a fucking all-star cast yeah it has a huge cast Uh, when we were deciding
0: what movies to choose it was kind of like between like this and funny people um as like our third movie because we knew punch drunk love and we knew uncut gems obviously um but like funny people while I think is excellent, and I do think you should absolutely watch that. For Definitely watch it. Maybe we'll talk about it one day because it's so good, so yeah, please go watch it. Yeah, because if you're interested on, like, exploring, like, how Adam Sandler feels about his transition from, like, mega comedy into doing some dramatic roles and, like, how audiences view him, that movie, that's literally what that movie is about. Literally, um, It's very meta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I personally... Uh, think that it's more fun to explore the facets of his acting that are like very removed from his, like w- w- the identity that
1: that he society is. has placed upon him. Yeah, because who is Adam Sandler? <laughs> exactly. And why does he wear oversized t-shirts and oversized shorts? Why? Why, why? does he? It just makes <laughs> him look so long. <laughs>
0: Maybe it's because he thinks he's not tall enough. Maybe.
1: I don't know. Adam, don't be insecure. We love you. Yeah, You look so good. But that's why we trust
0: Spanglish because it is like I think one of the biggest deviations from who people perceive him to be.
1: Uh, just to start right off the bat, um, we'll go ahead and give an intro on Spanglish. Just keep an open mind again, and uh, here we go.
0: Take it away, Monica.
1: <laughs>
0: Flor. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, who made who made the movie?
1: <laughs> I was getting warmed up. Oh, I thought Jessica. you were saying the name of Flor. The- Flor. Okay,
0: we'll start again. All right, so
1: Spanglish. See, <laughs> see guys i patiently wait for jessica to i'm do sorry her intro. i just thought
0: you were like skipping over everything and you were gonna go right no. into the summary
1: okay i apologize monica uh anyway spanglish uh came out in 2004 another great year i say every year is a great year i think 2004 was a particularly great how year. old were you in 2004 i it came out in 2004 uh it was directed and written by James L. Brooks. Spanglish, 2004, directed and written by James L. Brooks. Flor Moreno, uh, played by Paz Vega, is a single mother of one. She emigrates to Los Angeles from Mexico in high hopes of creating a better life for her 12-year-old daughter, Cristina. However, after landing a job as a housekeeper for the laid-back gourmet chef, John Klansky, and laid-back he is, my friends, played by the one and only Adam Sandler, and his well-to-do family, Flora will find herself up against a daunting language barrier, and Deborah, <laughs> played by Tia Leone, uh, John's troubled wife, little by little as Flora struggles to start afresh and, of course, learn English, an inevitable cultural collision is at hand. Moreover, a burgeoning romantic affection starts to take over that only amplifies the cultural barriers. Bravo. Is this West Side Story or what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Love this movie. This movie's amazing. Uh I said keep it open mind simply because this is (laughs) both an immigration story, yeah, an assimilation story. I say both, but it's like five thousand different things. It's an immigration story, it's an assimilation story, it's a story about a broken marriage, it's a story about a man who wants to break out of a essentially a rut. Yeah. And it's about a woman figuring out a woman and a child figuring out what they want. And what they need to do to stop assimilation from happening, essentially. Yeah. Um, first of all, I love this movie because I, growing up is one, one of the only films that I could watch with my family where everyone sort of understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's important in general. And I loved seeing someone like Adam Sandler play a role in a movie like this. Yeah. Um, and do it so well um because i think that in this film he sort of strips back layers of himself to like his like the essentially just the bare bones of like who he is mm-hmm. and then applies that to his character who is, is super quiet super yeah. like chill and just very like almost lonely lonely and sad a lot of the time <laughs> yeah i it's interesting. I was thinking when I was watching this,
0: I was like, if they made this today, I feel like they would have cut the entire husband subplot and made it a, just about Taio and um, Paz Vega, and that's yeah, it. And that's it. And had it just been like this rich bitchy mother hired this woman, and now they're feuding, whatever. Um, but I think that the relationship. The relationship between Taylor and Adam Sandler is uh, so good. complex to say the least, but also very good because the whole time you're just like, why are you in love with her? Yeah. Like, why do you like this woman? She's terrible. She's insecure
1: mm-hmm. to the highest degree. Yeah. She only knows how to... Uh, insult i was like what's the opposite of compliment Insult you <laughs> she only knows how to insult you mm-hmm. she sees no good in like anything and yeah. the worst of all of these things like her worst quality is she doesn't understand why the things she's saying are hurtful it's almost like she doesn't understand being a mother precisely because I
0: mean, there is complexities with her own relationship with her mother, with uh, Cloris Leachman, who mm-hmm. it, I think is one of the best parts of this movie.
1: She's, so, she's just a drunk. Her like. performance is
0: hysterical. <laughs> oh, my God. Like the whole scene uh. when Taleone, right after she confesses to cheating on Adam Sandler mm-hmm. and she's sobbing, and Adam Sandler takes Floor away to his restaurant and she's like freaking out mm-hmm. and she's like I need to know I need to know if he kissed her and if he kissed her where did he kiss her and how did it make him feel and she's like Clara's Leachman is just like, you have to shut the fuck up.
1: I know. Like, <laughs> it'll be all right, dear. <laughs> like, <laughs> shut up. And
0: then she she says that line where she's like, it's not the worst thing in the world to find out you love your husband.
1: I know. Yes. the <laughs> Probably one of the most iconic lines yeah. in this film is the fact that throughout. OK, so throughout the film. You don't know whether or not you should be rooting for this couple. And about halfway through, you go, mm, no, like, yeah, you're not like, rooting for mm, this. Couple.
0: Never mind. But you're also presented with the conflict of, like, you want to root for him and Flor. And, like, I do. I do every single time. Mm-hmm. But also, you're like, I fucking know that this isn't going to happen. Precisely.
1: Because it's not what she wants. And a big part of the film is her coming into her own as a mother and, like, standing her ground, right? Which is. As, as an immigrant is very difficult to do when you're presented with all the opportunities a rich, like working for a rich white family can give you. Yeah. So that's a huge part of this film mm-hmm. is like, you know, yes. So she's doing everything and stripping her culture away from herself. She's learning English. She's like assimilating in with the family. Her daughter is like eventually goes to this like rich white private school. Yeah. Uh, and is constantly like using the opportunities that this white family is giving her. Until she like sort of peels back that layer and realizes this family is fucked up and toxic. Mm -hmm. And it is just not a good environment for me and my daughter, which is why she ends believing Adam Sandler, essentially.
0: Well, also, they just like the complexities of them being together. It's just not possible. It just doesn't work. Because he would have to ruin his entire family. Precisely. And then they still like, even though they have connected now that she learns English. And I think it's important to note that even before she learns English, it's very clear that they have a connection that like their, their chemistry um, knows no bounds, I guess. It doesn't. So their love, like it just can't work. It doesn't work in any sense of the word, because even if she could communicate with him properly, they still don't know enough about each other for it to be like, a good risk and there's Absolutely. already been too much damage. like too much damage mm-hmm. too much like too much has been muddied with her relationship with her daughter because now the daughter like resents her mother for taking her away from mm-hmm. this white rich family mm-hmm. so if like if he were to leave tale and then suddenly be with flor like what what the fuck would that look like precisely and it would be her giving into the things that she took her daughter away from in the first place exactly, because she would just be putting her right back, which she doesn't
1: want to do. I just, I love how complicated this film is. I really do. Um, And I think that, you know, so the opening of this film is this letter that Christina writes to Princeton being like, this is why you should accept me into your school. Um, And she's, like, and you know, every, the admissions counselors, like looking through like a stack of, of uh letters and it's like hillary clinton is my role model because she's hillary fucking clinton and it's like (laughs) and then he like you know he's like reading all these and then stumbles upon this letter that's like my mom is my role model and let me fucking tell you why (laughs) and then we go into spanglish essentially yeah uh because you know and i think that that's really cool because at the end of the day it is a story between like a mother and a daughter and they do make it out so like at the beginning of the movie they're together at the end of the movie they're together i love those those like bookend shots of them walking and like being together yeah and then at the end of the movie they walk out together and i think that that's really important and, and powerful
0: yeah i mean i think it's a movie about parenting in a lot of ways um because through the movie with adam sandler's character like
1: he's a dad
0: he's a but he's like a really (laughs) good good dad but he doesn't know he's a good father he doesn't know he's worthy of love he doesn't know he's worthy of success because his wife makes him married his wife makes him feel so small all of the time because like i have never been more revolted
1: by a sex scene than i have in this oh yeah so it was it was a it's like hard to watch not in the sense of like Anything bad is happening like sexually, but in the no. sense of like just the energy that both of them have, it's so conflicting, it's so uncomfortable and uncomfortable
0: because you can tell she only wants him because he's suddenly really successful, precisely. And that's really apparent. And I think he kind of knows it, but like also is like, Oh, my wife just wants to fuck me for once. I guess, I'm like, I'll take they it. They don't have that sexual of a
1: because she's so insecure about her body, yeah, and she thinks she, you know, she thinks she's she's like really like heavy set, or yeah, she and thinks takes it out on her kid, precisely. Which is just first of all, it's not something you should be putting on your child. No, uh I forget her name, Birdie. Bernie. What's her name? Bernie. Bernie's her name, and yes, so she's a little, she's like a chubby child, she's like a chubby kid. She's also a child, like yeah. she's in like I, middle school. Yeah, I think she's like twelve. Yeah, and it's her mom. So there's this, there's this really impactful scene that, like, I remember, like, throughout the fucking years, like, it is seared into my brain. Oh, this where scene. this bitch, okay, her mom. <laughs> Let's get into it's like, it. I know, right? Like this, this is what the people want. Her <laughs> fucking mom, like, walks into the room. And it's like I got you new clothes, and there's, like, like bags and mm-hmm. bags and bags. And you're like, first, there's excitement, right? At the top of the scene, it's exciting. Wow, like these are beautiful size 8 yeah size 8 size 8 size 8 Size eight, size eight. And she just like goes through all the clothes. And it is so apparent, by the way, so like, we obviously don't know what size mm-hmm. this girl is. She looks like a size eight to me. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, who the fuck knows? But honestly, who the fuck knows? The whole point is her performance gives off gives off the vibe that she is not a size eight. Yeah. It is probably like two sizes too small for her in this world. Mm-hmm. And her mom, who I can only describe as being obnoxiously generous and like horribly kind uh yeah but often not to
0: her own family but but, uh,
1: no but that's what i'm saying (laughs) is like she thinks she's doing such a great thing by like buying her kid all these clothes and being like well they're supposed to be like motivation (laughs) yeah she's like it's motivational you're gonna lose the weight which oh my god
0: watching this as a fucking chubby nine-year-old i was just like oh my god because my stepmom did this has done this exact thing like purposefully purchasing me clothes that she knows are too small and i'm just like i'll never understand it it's It's like why do you think that you're doing
1: something positive how? How could you possibly
0: believe? I mean, at on a certain level, I like I cannot think of how they think it's okay, kind. They have to know that it's unkind
1: at best demeaning mo- at at, at level. I was going
0: to say at best motivational in quotes. <laughs> if your motivation is
1: shame, truly. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, It's probably the one of the most like impactful scenes, I guess for me seeing this and being like, Oh, she's a bitch to everyone. She's a big fucking bitch. She's a bitch to her mom. She's a bitch to her child. She's a bitch to her husband. Mm -hmm. She's a bitch to floor. Floor. (laughs) Floor. (laughs) (laughs) But like, and Adam Sandler is there to witness all of it. Yeah. And here's the thing. He's no better because he says nothing. Yeah. He, and I think that's something that the movie wants you to understand is he truly is no better. He's not a good, he's not a good leader. He's a good father behind closed doors. Like this, the scene where he and Bernie are like going over her test stuff. And Mm -hmm. he's like, it's a ruse, Roosevelt. (laughs) (laughs) It's a ruse. (laughs) Uh, It's like a vacuum or whatever the fuck it is. And uh, she's like, and he's like helping her with her studies and Mm -hmm. stuff. But then her mom shows up and like, sucks all of that energy out of the room and he does nothing yeah he doesn't do anything about it. because so, she's made him so small precisely yeah and so you know at the end of the day like they're sort of both terrible parents in that way in the sense of like they don't ever stand their ground with their children mm-hmm. they don't ever stand their ground with their friends their family like anyone yeah. and so adam sandler's character and you can you can feel him like Adam like the actor reverts like sh- like a shameful position every single time. Yeah, well,
0: there's that scene that I think is kind of an underrated scene from the movie where he's kind of drunk and he oh, goes yeah. into like the room that that Flora is in when she's learning English. Yes and you're these like, like
1: amazing like early 2000s tapes by the way yeah so good and
0: he like gets really like close to her and mm-hmm. like really in her face and at first you're kind of uncomfortable by it but then you realize that like oh she like likes him so it's fine mm-hmm. um but you're just you see i think a lot of his pain and a lot of his vulnerability in that moment um and also some of his adam Sandlerness in yep. that moment mm-hmm. and then also that scene where they're on the beach and yes. they're having that whole conversation, which is also really funny because she's like standing in the wind mm-hmm. and it's making her like beautiful body shape very apparent. Truly.
1: He, it's like, like it's oh, like you she's just like, sit down. Yeah, she's like wearing white, right? And it's like all like pushing up against her body. Oh, yeah. And it's like and she's like looking off into the distance. He's like, Will you fucking sit down? Please. Will you sit down? Yeah, like- because he doesn't he doesn't want to give
0: in to temptation or to realize. Like how attracted he is to this woman, but I think one of the big reasons he's so attracted her, besides the fact that she's so beautiful, she's is so because, hot, <laughs> like di- like gross, like stupid, like it's, like,
1: stupid. like it's so stupid that she's this hot, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah.
0: But um, is because she's like one of the first women he's seen show genuine kindness to like him and like compassion fam- his family, yeah. Because she takes all those clothes that Taioony gave to Bernie and like. Alters them so that they fit her, mm-hmm. and there's the really iconic scene, the, the just
1: try it on scene. Uh, Just try just it on, try it on, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, uh, okay." And she's like, not doing it. Like she's Brittany's like, just, just not, not doing gonna, it.
0: They're not gonna fit. And she's like, "Just try it on, just
1: try it on." Uh. <laughs> and she does this. They go, "They
0: fit." they fit. They fit and she like freaks out and Adam Sandler sees and he's like, "Oh my god, this so woman happy. is being kind to my child." It, it, yeah. So the motivations behind their relationship is just is really interesting. And he does such a good job of showing all of the points of conflict, the oh, cultural yeah. points of conflict, the
1: interpersonal points of conflict. Yeah, all of it. He's a really good he is a fantastic like Whiteboard to bounce things off of, yeah. Because in this film specifically, because like there's a good example of it is when he is they're like all sort of sitting on the porch and he tells christina like, "Oh, like I'll give you a dollar mm-hmm. for every like sea glass or like arbitrary dollar yeah, amount yeah. for every every like piece of sea glass because like I want it for like my my restaurant like it you know it'll go on like the, I don't know the yeah. fucking the he's
0: the gonna make like a whatever. plate
1: out of sea glass or something, um and so she goes, "Oh, really?". And she gets really intrigued and like the other kids are like fuck this shit like i'm gonna get one and then like that's it yeah this is stupid uh but i don't have money i know christina goes out and like gets a fucking like gallon bucket full of them and goes like and she like pours them out and he's like oh shit yeah she's like are you gonna pay me (laughs) and you just see and her mom is sitting like right there and he's like oh uh, should i be giving this kid like 500 books right now yeah. like but and he does it yeah. and her mom is like you don't have to pay you don't have to pay her like it's, this is like please stop like yes. this is making me uncomfortable and he's like no no he's no like, she like, earned it she earned it and that's just a, it's a really good he gives a good point of like tension mm-hmm. right be- that that the scene like really really needs in order to see sort of the like, barriers that are being crossed in terms of, like, assimilation and, like, asking for handouts. Like, the whole, like, question about, like, asking for handouts and the whole question about, like, did she really earn this? Did she not? Is it... Are you crossing, like, parental boundaries by giving her the money? Like, should Mm -hmm. you have perhaps maybe asked her mom first because, like, she has a position in this? Yeah. It just... It gives a lot... It doesn't answer a ton of questions. No. It, It gives a lot of questions, and I... I like that because towards the end, like, obviously all the questions get answered. Yeah, they do. Um, I just think his his part of this movie
0: was such a lovely, like, addition. I mean, I don't know at what point, like, his character was added or not. I'm assuming he was there from the beginning. But like I'm going I said, to assume that too, yeah. Like I said, I would think that, like, if they moved this, made this movie now, they would cut that whole part out. And I just think he adds such a good element because it it gives the story so many more layers. Like, it's not just... A, like you said, it's not just a story about immigration. It's not just a story about assimilation.
1: It's, like, it's um, a mother-daughter
0: story. And it's a love story. It's a love story. It, hey, in fuck. some ways. Like, I think it's important for her to have internal conflicts that aren't just centered around, like, I feel culturally less than.
1: You know? She feels less than in a million different ways.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and... And she's a woman who, like, I'm an immigrant, but I also, like, feel, have, like, genuine feelings, feelings for someone. Yeah. And even though I can't speak the same language, those are valid. Like, I
1: think that's a really, really interesting um, point. And not only are they valid, but at the end of the, you know, at the end, she decides that it's not worth it. Yeah. Like, she, like, her life is worth more than uprooting whatever the fuck's going on and like giving into that bullshit essentially like her future and her daughter's future are more important than doing honestly the easy thing which would be to like become the mistress of of adam sandler's character which honestly like would be truly a sweet deal let's make spanglish too um, Flo um, changes her mind. Yeah, Float runs back to Adam Sandler in that white, like the white yeah, outfit yeah, yeah, from the yeah, beach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and becomes essentially like her, like his sugar baby. His yeah, like live-in sugar baby and Taya
0: Leone just has to sit there and take it. Truly. This is uh, my, that's my version of Spanglish.
1: Spanglish too. <laughs> <laughs> we just picked it. Someone out there, please put it uh, into the James L. Brooks,
0: if you're out there and you feel like writing for us, let me know. know. Hit a girl up.
1: Hit us up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Adam Sandler is phenomenal in this film he does an incredible job at playing small but also big and i love him i adore him agreed we stand we stand (laughs) so that brings us to the the
0: big the big boy of this episode
1: if you thought we talked a lot about (laughs) spanglers
0: you ain't you ain't heard nothing yet baby
1: baby uncut gems baby baby
0: all right uncut gems made in 2019 directed by Benny and Josh Safdie written by Josh Benny and Josh Safdie and also Ronald Bronstein. Um, and if you don't know who Ronald Bronstein is, if you have seen any other Safdie brothers movies, they made a movie called daddy long legs. He yep. stars in that movie, mm-hmm. which also happens to be a Mumblecore movie. Yes. Something we right. discussed on the Greta Gerwig episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also does a lot of their editing, I think. So he works very closely with them. Um, Yeah. Interesting work.
1: The Safdie brothers, as we'll refer to them from now on.
0: They're great. So here's a little sum. Howard Ratner, played by Adam Sandler, is a once successful New York Gems dealer whose gambling addiction has left his family and career in shambles and him hundreds of thousands in debt. Always looking for the next big bet, Howard thinks he finally hit it big when he discovers a rare opal with a very interested high profile buyer. Kevin Garnett. But the closer Howard gets to finally winning big, the more he is forced to realize he can't keep running from the consequences of his actions. Um, This movie is anxiety. uh, Wrapped in like when i saw this movie i was like is this what it's like to do speed
1: yes (laughs) i mean i don't know (laughs) i don't know but (laughs) uh uncut gems anyway uh this movie first of all this was the best movie of
0: 2019 (laughs) it was the best okay so parasite won best picture yes very warranted after other than parasite uncut gems was the best movie of the year yes and the biggest oscar snub ever dare, dare i say bigger than eddie murphy which being which you for know Dolomite. we're pissed about that yeah we're fucking mad about that but adam adam sandler just so good he's like like i was so I, knew, I was inspired I, me too i knew yeah. this movie would be good but i wasn't sure how i would feel about it because the like the the moving pieces of the plot like it's not something i'm particularly interested i don't like stories about gambling they like loss of money is one of my is my second biggest anxiety after dying
1: Um, oh really it's my first biggest anxiety dying is my second biggest anxiety
0: that's all this movie is about um i mean it's not all it's about but that's like the driving force behind Um, this movie is money and so that freaks me out from the get go. And I don't really like movies where
1: it's just like someone constantly fucking up mm-hmm. and like digging their grave. Even it's just it's, it, you're watching through gritted teeth the whole time. Yeah. Um. OK. The biggest word I can use to, or like the word that I can use to describe this film is fluid. Yeah. So in this film, like there is no point at which anything sort of stops no. other than the scene where he's in the, the apartment with his wife was she yeah wife? it's his wife or yeah it, she yeah. is his wife but like yeah is she his wife
0: <laughs> <laughs> well they're like about to get a divorce yeah she, they're
1: they're literally on their way out
0: adina menzel plays the wife so Her name beautifully. is beautifully <laughs> um and, and i
1: know <laughs>
0: well i think they did the thing where they just kind of saw the names of the actors and just kind of rolled with it like julia the girlfriend is played by julia fox yeah precisely um, who is like a rando newbie actor who does an incredible job she's so good in this she also has also has one of the best asses i've ever seen i've never seen a better ass like as it's someone ass-tastic. as someone who also has a really good ass i've never been jealous of another ass except for julia fox
1: just to let the <laughs> just to let the listeners know jessica has a great ass Thank you, Monica. And for her to say that julia has a, also a great ass is kind of a
0: better ass a, in some ways Great. You'd like, there's that shot. If you've seen this movie, you know the exact shot I'm talking about. It's where they're fighting outside the mm-hmm. club she slams the door on Howard for him to get into a taxi and they do that amazing shot that just like follows her across the club yep. and you see her walking all mad and she's in those pants and her ass is just like bouncing while she's walking away and the whole time you're just like every man in this theater is staring at one thing truly the, and, and
1: one thing in the shot and it is not her face no. or the back of her
0: head <laughs> I mean every woman to every
1: person every in the person is like every staring woman's staring like her how butt? do I do that yeah exactly <laughs> how do I get that she looks so, so Oh amazing oh uh, my god so sorry cool. for we took a pause to objectify well, listen, this this woman. movie
0: this this podcast is about daddies and with that comes some objectification and sometimes it extends to women i'm just gonna I, i'm just gonna say i have to be honest with
1: yeah, you yeah she looks phenomenal we appreciate a physical form we do we <laughs> really do uh but anyway back to sort of like the fluidity of this film yes yes, yes. Uh, i'm sorry i had to take an ass break from that it was fantastic i loved it it was phenomenal um yeah <laughs> I sort of relate Howard's Howard Ratner's character. First of all, that name, Howard fucking Ratner. Howard out. Um, Howard Ratner. Howie. Howie. Um, anyway, I relate him and his character to a shark. So like he is swimming through the ocean. If he stops for even 1 second, he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think that that so beautifully sums up like the you know, the um actions of his character like if he stops for even one second his whole fucking operation he's yeah. like one man operation dies mm-hmm. uh both in the, in the sense of his work because he's a, he is a workaholic yeah um, he's constantly in that fucking gem shop constantly he like sleeps there sometimes so he so he's a workaholic he is also a fucking like he's a gambling addict yeah which if you if you if you're a gambling addict then you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm messing around but like uh usually gambling addicts like are always like on the go in terms of like taking like you know using collateral um you know distributing money like yeah. uh, getting money out putting money in like it's very fluid um and it, this movie shows that mm. so well and adam Sandler has the ability to command your eye to the screen immediately the entire time the entire time which means that your eyes follow him the entire time and so your eyes are just going across the screen as he like runs away and walks down the street and gets envelope of cash after envelope of cash which gives me anxiety because i'm like why do you have cash like what the fuck yeah. Um, if you lose that shit you're done you're fucked <laughs> um but the man i mean think about it like the man is always on the move even when he like <laughs> falls into the fountain oh my god he gets up and he walks away like yeah he is always on the move and i you like n- it dizzy watching this movie you get so so dizzy watching this film and i think that no one but adam sandler could have done this. Yeah, especially because okay, so we talk about music and
0: score all the time. I think once an episode we go, but the soundtrack, the soundtrack in this track, movie. This
1: good
0: this score, this movie wouldn't be <gasps> what it was without this score. Like it it's absolutely like it's it might as well be another character it's riveting which i mean a score is important to any film but i think in this movie it's like it's slept it's fucking there with
1: him the entire time it's like
0: it ups the ante every in every single scene
1: my eyes twitching thinking about the score but anyway the point is like this you know to your point Jessica, the score being a character the score follows him yeah the score so like i i I don't know if you guys will understand what I mean when I say like there's like underscore and then there's like the score right so like you know underscore you like don't really notice in a scene and like sure. it's there and like if you're like a music junkie like you'd be like that score is like good or whatever and like no no one really gives a fuck like mm-hmm. the, the the point is to just have like music under a scene like that sort of that uh, in this movie the score I think almost embodies his anxiety oh, and absolutely. it follows him everywhere yeah and it's like ominous and also like heart racing Mm -hmm. and kind of awesome i fucking love this score in this film
0: it's it's fucking awesome it's the same guy i don't know his name um daniel i don't know how to say that lope lopatin lopatin lopatin
1: <laughs> low Peyton.
0: his name is daniel um, he's worked with the safety brothers before he did the score for a good time which another underrated absolutely robbed film that robert pattinson is in go watch it if you haven't seen it yet um but yeah he it, it, this the score the score is fucking amazing like i can't emphasize it enough it's also a little mystical yeah um but- which I think is really important because there's this whole thing about the gem, like the opal that he has that Kevin Garnett wants and that he takes. And so how he has to Mm -hmm. try and get it back. Um, and there's this whole thing about how like opals are, he says, uh, like, like, ha- he's like, this is middle earth shit because it- it, they have like, you can, <laughs> they say that when you look into an opal, you can see the whole universe. Like
1: all the, like every color ever made or like every color, like ever like present in, in, yeah. in you know, nature, the universe, the stars, the galaxies, like you could see, you could see everything. And like the... Effects of the film, like the the graphics in the film, try to kind of show you what they mean. Yeah, I don't think you ever fully see what they mean until like you see sort of Adam Sandler's eyes and like Kevin Garnett's eyes like Uh light up and go whoa. Yeah. Otherwise you're just watching a bunch of like fun colors on the screen. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, not to say that the graphic designers on this film didn't do a good job. No,
0: I think it was interesting. And I think it was also the Safdie brothers trying something. Right. Which filmmakers. was, I think it was
1: fun. I don't necessarily believe that it was as effective as just watching their eyes go crazy. Sure. When they see the rock though, when they see Dwayne, the rock Johnson, So when Dwayne, the rock Johnson shows up in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I think this this movie had a premiere in, I forget if it was Sundance or the Telluride Film was Festival. It Telluride. Okay, so it had the premiere at the Telluride Film Festival and like everyone sort of left. The tea is, because I wasn't fucking there, no one invited <laughs> me. But the tea is that everyone left and was like, Adam Sandler gave the, the literal best performance of his like career, of his life. Yeah. And I'm a... I'm not going to lie. Like I love all Adam Sandler films. Well, not all of them, not grown ups too, but like, <laughs> you know, this is it. Like he could, yeah. if he died after this, I think he would truly be. Condemned. I think he would have gone out. On he would have like gone guy. out like with a bang. Oh, I know for sure. It, what I think,
0: I think a lot of people watch this movie and be like, this isn't like, this isn't like Adam Sandler, you know? But I think to say that is to underestimate his ability as an actor or like any actor's, ability to have range truly um because most actors are multifaceted but like because of hollywood and how it works and marketability they get shoved into certain corners
1: like uh i guess typecast in a
0: way exactly Mm -hmm. um and so in a weird way i think that like his comedy chops gave him access to parts of howard ratner as a character that like other people wouldn't have been able to access because Adam Sandler's already very familiar with having like no sense of abandon just like absolutely going out on every ledge letting go completely and that's exactly what he needed to do but in a dramatic way but in a dramatic way that also still maintained like an element of humor to it truly um because there's like dramatic acting where you're just like really serious the whole time but then there's dramatic acting where you're so far far out on the ledge of like trauma and anger and sadness that that is almost comical yeah that it's almost comical and i think his talent um his comedic talent is what allowed him to do that
1: i would go so far as to say like like if we want to get specific about it his comedic timing like his ability yeah Yeah, that too that like his his instincts and his comedic timing Mm -hmm really shown in this film for being a serious film yeah uh i think that those those talents specifically really gave some depth to his character because like his character was funny in the sense of like the things he said sometimes made people laugh yeah like when he looks at the gem (laughs) for the first time and he just goes i'm gonna come i'm gonna come (laughs) and the thing is with that line if you say it some you know i'm gonna come that's not that funny no but because of adam sandler's like ability to yeah. pick just like the right moment mm-hmm. and the right like drag yeah he i almost peed myself like i literally <laughs> it was almost pretty peed myself funny. it was pretty fucking funny there are a lot
0: of like funny moments in this movie like when he's hiding in the closet and oh julia God, yeah. comes back and he's texting her and she's like in her lingerie and he's this fucking like middle-aged man and texting He's like, like uh. are you wet
1: <laughs> and it's like an R it's like it's are you, you wet, wet. <laughs> and then he <laughs> like jumps out of the closet and scares the shit out of her and she's like oh <laughs> and he's like
0: ah <laughs> it's me
1: <laughs> that's exactly what he says you don't even have to watch the movie now you know what he says uh, but <laughs> he's like, he's honestly a Jewish icon in this film <laughs> Yeah. He and his he and his whole family. Well,
0: LaKeith Stanfield's character, uh Demone, is that that's his name, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Damone. He like at the beginning of the movie, Kevin Garnett's just like, "Who is this guy?" and he's like, "I don't know, some crazy Jew."
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is also in the trailer yes it which is, is what prompted me to watch this film in the first place. So i was like la i'm gonna watch this film i don't know who cut this trailer but they did a really good they job, did a really good they job. some
0: of the most iconic lines where he's like this is he's like this is
1: my time this is how i win yeah 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 oh my god so which, good so good um a lot of people sort of relate this movie to like the story of icarus uh you know flying too close to the sun too close to the sun the sun being an opal the sun literally being an <laughs> old <oval. laughs> um and i think that adam sandler has a really has a fantastic ability of building suspense and then releasing the tension like diffusing the tension within himself and so then you relax but the things around him are not like are chaotic he he diffuses the tension without actually like solving
0: the conflict precisely it's kind of weird so like You, you have a second to breathe, like, for example, like when he was in the closet and he like comes out and him and his girlfriend start kissing. Precisely. You know, but you're still like you still owe like almost a hundred grand <laughs> no. to this fucking
1: guy. <laughs> Not just any man, a man who is literally a member of his family. Truly. Which just gives so many layers to the story because yeah. you're like, but that's family though. Like, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. just goes to show you family ain't shit. No. When you owe well, someone because, money.
0: Uh, the character's name is Arno and he's, he's also in uh succession. If you watch succession, I he, don't, he plays Gil, the um like Senator or whatever. But anyway, so, uh, uh, he he's married into the family. He's not mm-hmm. blood. And so that's just like a whole other fucking layer. It's almost like that gives you permission to fuck shit up. But also Arno is a little, this is a layer that I think some people miss sometimes or just mm-hmm. like don't give enough uh, credit to is that Arno's just like a little fucking scared weasel.
1: He is. Yeah. He does
0: none of his own bidding. No, he, he has doesn't. like his cronies do it all the time. Sometimes he's like, in the background for it but he does the time he's not there none of his own dirty work and so finally at the end when spoiler alert big spoiler alert that like if you
1: have not seen this movie (laughs) and like for some reason you're still immediately (laughs) just stop okay so So when adam Sandler gets shot at the very end (laughs) in the literal head
0: after winning over a million dollars and he's like oh yeah he has he has finally found success his gambling has finally paid off he gets fucking shot. Arno is just like, "What the f- what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I did not intend it for it to go- uh, intend for it to, to go-, go here." Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, and that's just it makes it even. Sadder. You just see
1: the heartbreak. Yeah, all like literally splattered on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> you just see the heartbreak and like the oh yeah this guy owed me a fuck ton of money and like sometimes I imagine mm-hmm. him dying and like roasting on a fire but like yeah. this is too real for like for even for me.
0: Well and that's why I think I mean logistically Arno had to die because the guy the Goonies the Goonies
1: the, <laughs> the Goonies <laughs> and
0: they make an appearance in this film. <laughs> they shot him because they wanted to rob the jewelry store. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Arno as soon as Adam Sandler dies Arno also has to die because they're family precisely. And like the story could not have gone on
1: without both of them dying. Yeah. Um, Um, but you know, besides Adam's performance, Idina Menzel gave a great one. Yeah. She's like not in it very much, but like, especially that scene where she tries on her bar, her bonnets, I know. first of dress, all, that bitch can fit into a rug and bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Like that's, uh,
0: mm. but it's so <laughs> funny. Cause he's standing there asking her for another shot. And you can fucking see in his eyes that he's like, I'm not,
1: he's like, I don't mean this. But I don't like, deserve this. But like,
0: <laughs> give me, give me another
1: shot. I she's can like, it, I promise. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And she's like, ha ha ha. No. Oh my God. And the scene where she fucking finds him in the trunk of the car, like naked oh my god during his daughter's school play (laughs) that is something okay so
0: like obviously i think the safety brothers are great Uh, boy oh boy do they know how to take a heightened scenario and add 10 more layers to it yeah. to make it even more heightened. Like it would have been enough for Adam Sandler to be stuck in the trunk of his own car. No, and he have had to, to be his naked. Wife, but he also had to be naked. Yeah. He also had to be at his daughter's play.
1: He also had to like, have have issues with his wife's brother, essentially like brother. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly.
0: Like there just had to be so many layers. Oh my God, this, every part of this movie is is fantastic. And a lot of really- amazing small performances like Lakeith Stanfield is great even though you want to fucking wring his neck the entire
1: time because he's like a little weasel he's a fucking asshole yeah but
0: you know and uh, Kevin Garnett can act I don't know I know Uh,
1: what the fuck where did that great basketball
0: player uh really really good in this good so good because he's not just like they do that sometimes where they'll take a real life celebrity and make them play themselves in a movie but only give them like lines here or there he had like no he had chunks he had he had chunks especially the chunk at the end where he Mm -hmm. just wants he like sits down with him after buying the gem and he's like no let's like actually talk how much did you actually spend on this on this opal right That scene is really great, and um, I think you can see that, like, he actually, he has some
1: talent. Truly. Maybe uh, we should put Kevin Garnett in a movie. Maybe we should. (laughs) Maybe put Kevin Garnett in more films, eh? (laughs) Uh, But anyway, back to sort of the scene with Idina Menzel and Adam Sandler in the car. Uh, The thing is, she acts it so well to the point where she's like, this is not the craziest thing I've ever seen you do. And yeah. this is not the craziest situation I've ever like had to bust you out of. And the fact that the fact that you're naked and like at our daughter's school, like our daughter's play is like sort of unfazing me. But I'm still mad at you. Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: Well, I think it, it shows you what kind of mother she is. She has to uh, choose what she prioritizes. Precisely. And I think for a lot of people in that moment, they would have immediately, even if they were used to it, still been like. I need to focus on this now. But she's like, no, fuck you. I'm going back in there. Right. When, you know, like he could have been dying. He, I mean, people were after him, you know, it's not like there weren't real risks, but she was just like, no, I'm I'm done. I'm going to go be a mom first. um, Mm -hmm. And then come back to our crumbling marriage later. (laughs)
1: Like uh, you can deal with yourself now. You're out of the trunk. Exactly. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Adam Sandler in this film really inspired me because he put like every sort of cell of his being Mm -hmm. into this role Mm -hmm. and it made me really love like i just i love this film Mm -hmm. because of adam sandler i don't love this film because i love this film like i love this film because adam sandler's in it and gave a stellar performance in it uh and i think that i truly truly believe if adam sandler was not howard ratner that this film would not have had as much critical and commercial success as it did yeah
0: because even though it didn't get nominated people loved it it was like a 93 fresh rating i think the, the academy just fucking like, hates the safety brothers i think they hate the safety <laughs> brothers i don't think they're a big fan of like 824 in general because yeah. they're, they make like shit that's like too funky
1: i know it's like too like <laughs> out there it's not mainstream enough yeah exactly
0: um but yeah, he's incredible. He wears false teeth teeth in this movie. It is, which really just amplify crazy. the performance. <laughs> I've said it before, like not on this podcast, but just in private conversations, where I'm like, you know, I think a really uh underestimated point of a character is their teeth honestly Truly. yeah because in some of like the best performances i've ever seen i find out they're wearing like a flipper or something right. and i'm like oh that's why that's why because it it changes so much while
1: changing like so in, little. it's like kinda in crazy. big little lies i yes. think Mar- yeah meryl streep is wearing a flipper yeah and she's wearing these like really kind of like too big too straight teeth. yeah too
0: straight teeth and it makes her talk a little bit different she's like will. yeah she does the same thing in the
1: iron lady and I'm just like, bro.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just like an element of costume slash hair and makeup that I think takes performances to <laughs> the next level. To the next fucking level. I'm just like,
1: bro. Yeah. And I also think you should only give fake teeth to like seasoned actors who like know how to first talk with their mouth and yeah. then... Exactly, other teeth in their mouth, Like Adam Sandler. Like Adam Sandler and Meryl Streep. (laughs) And Meryl Streep.
0: These are the only two who can do it. There's nobody else. Fake teeth. (laughs) The end.
1: Yeah, that was Uncut Gems. Yeah. And that was Spanglish and that was Punch Drunk Love. And that was
0: Adam Sandler. 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 The Sandman. I hope he makes more movies like this. Um, If he does, you can count on us to fucking cover them.
1: On, on some sort of like mini episode yes. just because we're yeah. so excited about them yeah. probably honestly like i'm excited to see what adam does in like oh, his older age e- yeah yeah e- same because he's i mean what he's in his it. 50s um
0: so i think he's like 53 or something he you
1: got that spot on he's 53 wowza good job i'm so smart he was born in new york city <laughs> new york <laughs> but Uh, he's also apparently
0: a republican i I did know that he (laughs) donated to rudy giuliani's campaign we're
1: not talking about it
0: because everyone everyone in the industry says he's absolutely incredible
1: yeah uh, okay can we just talk about you know before we close this out adam sandler is universally loved by hollywood hollywood loves adam daniel day lewis loves adam Adam Sandler. And that's Daniel Day fucking
0: Lewis. They're close friends, first of all, which is a huge shock. Just so crazy. Um, but <laughs> and also, the cobbler and then the cobbler. <laughs> after he saw this movie, apparently, he called Adam Sandler and he was like, I was gripping the seat in front of me the entire time. You were so incredible. Daniel fucking Day Lewis.
1: Which is like the highest honor. <laughs> so if
0: that doesn't make you want to see Uncut Gems, or if that doesn't make you love Adam Sandler.
1: Fuck I don't you. even know why
0: you're listening to this yeah.
1: podcast. Uh <laughs> but truly, Adam Sandler can do no wrong. I and I love him. him. Ten I mean, ten. he can do a little wrong. He made that movie Jack and Jill <laughs> or whatever. <the laughs> he fuck made Jack called. and Jill. Don't mess with the Zohan. While a uh <laughs> while a loved question mark movie is <laughs> interesting, and he made that.
0: He's made some things. That movie about Africa with uh with Drew Barrymore. Yeah, well, yeah. That one. There are some things. Grown ups too. There are some questionable <laughs> things. But when you think about that, just go watch Uncut Gems instead, and you'll be reminded why he's great, <laughs> and you'll be happy.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Love Adam. Oh, so that was Adam,
1: mm-hmm. you guys. That was Adam Sandler. Monica, what have you dabbled in? I before I get into my dabbling, yeah. Um a very sad thing happened yesterday yes Chadwick Boseman died yes so sad he was so young and he had died after a four-year battle with colon cancer I, it was
0: one of the most unexpected um Devastating. Hollywood deaths yeah in a while like it reminded me a lot of when Alan Rickman died
1: right. um
0: because n- just like nobody knew and yeah. But especially this one was even more shocking because of how young he was.
1: Truly. And I think that um, he, you know, just taking a second to pause and like reflect on the impact that he had on yeah. the world and like the roles that he's played. Like he's played some really iconic black roles yeah, uh, and he has given so much hope and so much um, like he's been such an incredible role model for so many children like all around the world playing the Black Panther and uh just doing incredible work in Hollywood and just being a a great guy like every interview I've ever seen with him in it he he always has like he always says the right thing he always Mm -hmm. has some like a message to impart on people and it's truly devastating yeah uh speaking of films though uh the thing that I've been dabbling in is the Phineas and Ferb movie came out hell yeah Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> my husband is—he uh, sings in the film. Mm-hmm. He plays—if you watch it—he plays like the little green monster or alien. He plays like, a green alien <laughs> in a straw hat, and he oh like sings like a "Welcome to This Planet" meter leader song. I have to watch. This um, one. it's actually really good, and I am very proud of him. He did a great job. Oh yeah, so I've been—I've been sort of watching that. Um, I am really. St- <laughs> really embarrassed to say i definitely fell asleep during I the i was film. gonna say
0: i'm pretty sure you texted me and told uh, me
1: <laughs> and i felt really bad but you know what i watched the part that he was in so like that was sort of my commitment to the film you know that's important so yeah <laughs> i hear it's like doing really well though like i hear it has like a good score okay that's good. on the tomato the tomato people the to- tomato meter the, to- the tomato people gave him a good score <laughs> They gave them. They gave them. You know, good tomatoes. Good tomatoes. Ripe, ripe ones. Ripe, fresh boys. Uh, so yeah, not okay. that we care about the tomato people on this podcast. No, but, but I mean, it's worth noting. Sometimes uh, the audience gave him ninety popcorns, and the tomatoes gave him a hundred. Oh so, wow! Yeah, ninety popcorns and hundred tomatoes. It's gonna be a delicious feast. <laughs> What have you dabbled in?
0: Well, we, I mentioned this earlier because uh you you spoiled it. I outed you. <laughs> um but I I adopted I adopted a cat this week. Woo! Um, and I haven't had a pet
1: in quite a while. Fifty years. Because 'Cause you're seventy two now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um no, but I, I had a cat who uh died like three years ago and then my, like, my dog that I've had my entire life died a, a little over a year ago.
1: Rest in peace. Honestly, pour one
0: out. Um, But, so, like, feeling ready to get a new pet, I knew was always going to feel kind of, like, weird. Um, And then I just kind of decided, I was like, no, I want to do it now. And it happened, like, very quickly. And um, my roommate is allergic to cats, and I'm also not allowed to have cats in my building. And yet here we are here we
1: fucking
0: are (laughs) um don't worry he consented to the cat being there i did not thrust it upon him uh well i mean i thrusted it upon him in the sense that i just told him it was happening but i was like "Uh, she can live at my mom's house it's chill Mm -hmm. and then he was like no she can live here and i was like okay great yeah i am
1: also allergic to cats uh (laughs) so the cat will never be here that's okay but
0: yeah she is adorable she's really fucking cute her name is mona Um, after me no (laughs) her name is mona because my uh my favorite movie is crybaby the john waters film and my favorite character in that movie and one of my favorite characters ever is hatchet face um whose real name is mona and uh, because i didn't want to name a cat hatchet face disgusting so i named her mona and uh it really fits she's great she's two and a half months old and I'm very happy. She's so tiny. She's very tiny.
1: But yay! Yes. Yay. Yes. What is our question for What would John Favreau do? The segment <laughs> where we answer questions if you have them and we will tell you what perhaps maybe John Favreau would do. Yeah, what is the question this week? I just asked you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um oh it's uh
0: uh what is your favorite food truck food that you've had? Ever,
1: um, there's this food truck that is in Sherman Oaks. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's in the Valley, sometimes it's not. Okay, uh, it's called the Beignet Box. Ooh, we the love the beignet. beignet.
0: So does John Favreau.
1: Uh, exactly. Yeah. Which is why I was following this food truck for a while, and then it came here in Sherman Oaks. And I mean, not here. I live in Pasadena. Um, <laughs> but uh, it it honestly shout out it's black owned which is pretty oh, awesome hell yeah. uh and they got the recipe from nola so you know that they're fucking tasty and they come in both regular size and also mini mini beignet not mini mouse mini the size because uh <laughs> beignets are my favorite like treat at disneyland oh interesting uh, so the fact that i can't have them that way yeah um it's nice to have like you know, mini versions. That is nice. At the beignet box. Anyway, beignet box. Go check them out on Instagram there at beignet box. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about Exciting. you, yeah, you Um, I don't know the name of the truck that I'm referring to. So. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Um, But there uh, back when we were allowed to like go and do things there's this company called street food cinema that i really liked going to their outdoor movies and love street food during quarantine i've gone to a few of their drive-in movies which has been great but um at the at the outdoor ones they used to like bring like probably like 15 food trucks Mm -hmm. now for the drive-ins it's like two or three but um before it used to be a ton and there would always be this one it's a cuban food truck and they make the fuck they just make like really really bomb cuban food and i love cuban food it's probably like my most favorite cuisine chef um, <laughs> but they have like this delicious like garlic pork rice bowl with like the pineapple rice and then they also make like bomb maduros which are my fa- mm-hmm. i think my favorite food um and then you like put a little bit of the maduras in the mm-hmm. in the in the, mm-hmm. in the garlic pork and mm, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. so good um mm-hmm. if you know the name of the truck please let me know yeah i guess
1: i guess we'll call it mystery cuban truck <laughs> for mystery now. cuban
0: truck yeah i'm sure i could find out like on the street Fit cinema website or something but so good Ugh, i miss, I miss remember like, t- going out and like eating and stuff Yeah, in a way like i i don't remember it <laughs>
1: I don't... Yeah, I don't remember it either,
0: but... Like, I don't remember... I mean, I remember in theory, but it just feels so out of the question now to, like, think of going and, like, getting a drink or...
1: A fantastic food truck frenzy is yes. what you got, folks. Yeah. Uh We love Adam. We love him. We give him two parts, uh, and we hope that it gave you a good perspective on, like, what he can do and gives, you know, mm-hmm. gives you sort of a newfound love for him or a love for him period if you didn't have one before
0: yeah and maybe like a different outlook on some actors that you might think can only do one thing and when they try and branch out you get hesitant about watching those movies but
1: you know try it give them a shot uh i guess if you want to leave with a thing from this podcast if you want to like leave with insight uh go you know pick pick an actor that you like that's known for a very specific thing and find a movie that they are that's different from what they're usually typecast as yeah watch it see what you see what you think maybe maybe you'll branch out to more of their work in different genres and yeah figure something out about yourself report back if you have some great findings let us know let us know and in general email us please yeah at john pepper was allegedly my daddy at gmail.com all the contact info is in the description uh, we don't have a episode. website right now so otherwise i'd plug that <laughs> <laughs> it's just a 404 error page right now <laughs> we'll get it we'll get it back don't worry uh, don't worry about we own the domain though so fuck all y'all trying to buy it not that anyone is but <laughs> uh anyway um, rate i'll rate call us, you when the value's us. in at like a thousand dollars okay perfect
0: rate and review us on apple Podcasts, please Listen elsewhere if you feel like it. If you want to, whatever. Let us
1: know. Actually, this is a good question. Let us know what platforms you'd rather have us on. If there's a platform out there that you use that we're unaware of and we're not on, let us know. Yeah, I know we're on.
0: We're on iHeart Radio now. I know Um. we are. (laughs) Because I do all. I'm kidding. Monica set that shit up. But if you want us to be somewhere else, uh, like Stitcher
1: or whatever the fuck, let us know. We'll you know supply and demand, baby. We'll meet. Your demands with supply. <laughs> and um, lastly, as always,
0: don't, don't sue, sue us, Steady Febbro. All right. I love you. All right,
1: John. <laughs> love ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.